hello. Hello, everybody. How, How are, are we? <laughs> How are you? How are we? We are so cold. <laughs> we are literally roused up right now in like, if you could see us now, you would laugh. Basically, yeah. we've we, got like dressing we would post down, a photo on like, our Instagram, but no, no, we're not. Absolutely not. My mum bought me um one of those. It's not an Udi. It's like a version of an. Are they called an Udi? Udi it's like wearable yeah. blankets. And I gave it to Kai because I've just fake tan and don't want to get fake tan all over it. So I'm in my dressing gown, like wrapped up to the nines, and I'm just looking at her in this pink <laughs> wearable blanket. <laughs> it's possibly the best it's thing the I've best ever thing. put on my body. Oh my god, mate, it's fantastic. You need to get one. You need to get I... a matching. Oh one. yeah. <gasps> yeah. Look at a green one. It's so cute. Oh my god! No, this is actually. I'll get my mom to send you the link. Honestly, mm-hmm. yeah, please, um, please do because I will be Amazon priming this. Oh, one hundred percent. It's fantastic. It day. We've all got matching ones. My whole family. Really? Yeah. That's really so cute. cute. That's really cute. <laughs> she bought us all one. <laughs> she was like, "We're gonna have to save so much on electricity and gas." She we forgot someone eating. though. Yeah, Her favorite daughter. Right. Well. <laughs> once was maybe (laughs) um yeah so this episode is a bit of a different one well it's probably not a different one actually basically we mentioned in our last episode that we have been away from each other Mm -hmm. separated how long two and a half weeks has it been exactly two and a half weeks since we last saw each other let's look on the let's look last time we saw each other yeah, it was two and a half weeks. It was is that two, the longest that we've two ever... Two weeks and three days. So is that's, that the longest that we've ever weeks. done? I'm sorry. Uh, I think so. Ooh. Maybe I not. think the last time that we were away from each other for that long... Christmas. Christmas. ...was we the Christmas away. lockdown. Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh my God, yeah. Not the recent Christmas. No, the one before that. The one before that. When, yeah, when you went home, it was like the 19th of December, I specifically remember, because it was heartbreaking. 19th of December, when <laughs> Boris cancelled Christmas. Yeah, and I had to run And everyone, everyone in London essentially had to race home. I remember that, yeah. And then I don't think we saw each other again. Until January. Yeah, until... Yeah, that makes a sense. decent chunk into January. Yeah. So, um, it was two years ago. <laughs> So that's basically, yeah, since two years, that's the longest we've been before. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, yeah, so I have been at home um, with my family because I was in recovery for a surgery, which I had two weeks ago-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had surgery for endometriosis, um, which is, I guess we're going to talk about, like, my... I guess like the journey to being yeah. diagnosed with it because I don't think you've mentioned anything about it on the podcast before, right? Mate, I've, I haven't even mentioned it to most of my friends. In all honesty, yeah, that's because true. it's just it happened really fast. Like yeah, from my I feel like you've suspected it for a long time, or not that long, honestly, no. because it's a whole. It's been a whole. A whole long journey yeah. like like in terms of just generally with my health and health problems and then this coming into the mix was like 
another thing. I mean, but you guys know it's... about Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, long story year. short, guys, is that I have been some form of unwell for the past 11 years of my life. Ever since I've known you, definitely. Oh, mate, it's longer than that. Since mm. I was at school, I have, ha- yeah, something has been wrong with me Mm. like chronically wrong with me um so obviously it it could be a lot worse it could like and all that yeah I don't know how to word that to make it sound I mean yeah but anything could be a lot worse I that like you don't downplay the fact that you've been hospitalized multiple times this year already (laughs) we're only in October between like I have I've been in so many hospitals and October You've been no March and September technically. Mm. You've been hospitalized multiple times. Yeah, but yeah. Anything could be worse, but you it doesn't had to make take it. Me to hospital that time the year before that was horrendous. Yeah, I've been in a lot of. I've yeah, basically since I was. Uh, how old am I now? Twenty six. So I started get I the first thing that I ever encountered being really wrong with me was when I was fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I. I don't know how much detail to go in. Do I tell them about the whole the whole thing of how we got to the point where I was like, we're looking for something that's actually wrong with me? Or do I just narrow it down? I Basically. Think, I think narrow it down a bit. I think it's important for them to know... <clears throat> how it came about. I yeah, guess. how it came about. I think as well, I don't think you've ever told them about your PCOS. Because I feel like that is kind of linked yeah, as well. I guess... Um... Yeah, I guess so. That kind of got spotted, to be fair, years ago. So I, um, oh God, it's actually, that's a whole other different kind of fish. Yeah. God, actually, I lie. I was started getting it at 14, not 15. Mm. So I remember when I, when I first started having, yeah. So um, in my mid-teens, 14, 15, um, <laughs> I started experiencing for the first time problems related to like IBD, like irritable bowel disease. I was never fully, so this is the weird thing. I got really ill, was really confused what was wrong with me. Saw multiple gastroenterologists, specialists basically be like, why am I internally bleeding all Mm. the time? (laughs) Um, and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. Um, it didn't come back as anything clear. I had all of these tests, basically the whole sort of my life. So I have multiple tests and nothing ever comes back. Mm. Um, yeah, so I had all of those investigations for over seven months. Um, and it got literally just randomly stopped after like, seven months which is really weird that is weird um and when I say like into I mean like physically internally bleeding from my intestines for seven months (laughs) yeah (laughs) this is when you're a teenager yeah 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 um I don't understand how that happens I know actually (laughs) no neither do I to be perfectly honest um as you can imagine it did they not rush you in for surgery me no, because they couldn't figure out what it was. Well, then you cut someone open and you find out, surely. 
they try I don't know yeah I don't know they just I don't know but basically obviously I had all the cameras and whatever else that they do and biopsies and all of that jazz um I was still at school at the time so it was quite a traumatic thing because I also this is the first time that I've ever like publicly spoken about all of my like people that know me know that I'm always ill but I don't often sit down and be like these are all the things that are wrong with me Mm. (laughs) because like I just don't really do that but um yeah I didn't tell anyone at school actually that I was unwell at Mm. all um so yeah it it wasn't a pleasant time (laughs) I'll be honest um and then yeah I got diagnosed with PCOS around god I don't actually know to be honest but it was like a similar age similar age because I had like well no I got half diagnosed actually I got properly diagnosed a few years later because at the time that I was experiencing symptoms and I can't even remember what the symptoms were in all honesty with you I don't I don't remember yeah I think Oh, no, I do. I do. I um, basically had a huge hormone imbalance. And I all of a sudden I, I was like a I think it was a reaction to a contraceptive pill. Mm-hmm. And then that triggered me having this huge hormone imbalance. And I basically stopped producing one hormone. Yeah. And I was producing three times, three and a half times as much of another one. Okay. So my, um, I went to the doctor because I literally gained like two stone in like less than a week. Whilst you were on the pill or after you got off the pill? And by the pill, do you mean like a different medication or like contraceptive pill? Yeah. So actually, um, yeah. So I remember though. What's really odd is that I remember having my first scan to check for PCOS when I was a lot younger than this. Because mm. I remember being at school and having an ultrasound to check for PCOS. And then it wasn't until I was at uni that I got properly diagnosed with yeah. it. And they, um, because the first time that I had a scan, they were like, you have all the symptoms of it, but until we can see physical cysts showing up in your scan yeah and they have to be a certain size before they show and you up were maybe too young for yeah them to show for them up. to show up they were too small they couldn't see okay them. yeah that makes sense yeah that they were like we can't give you a physical like a proper diagnosis but all of your symptoms like like everything lines up with the fact that this is what you have okay so I just was like okay well fine I kind of forgot about it to be yeah. honest with you because it wasn't like I could do anything about it at the time yeah and then I um yeah I went to uni um was put on the pill and I can't to be honest I think maybe I came off of one and went on a different one or I was coming off of I think I was coming off of one um and yeah like all of a sudden I just like completely and it was really weird like I remember it happened like overnight basically that I like gained so much weight Mm. felt really sick all the time lost all my like I lost a lot of my hair lost my eyebrows lost my eyelashes like literally <laughs> overnight like completely at the same time as having more stomach problems yeah because 
basically, since I have been 15 years old, I've just had a constant string of problems with my digestive system Mm -hmm. that's affected every single bit of my digestive system, basically. So we're talking large intestine, small intestine, stomach, the bit that goes from your stomach to your throat, like all of that, basically every single thing, every single thing. has had something wrong with it and at that point it was my small intestines that were kicking off so I couldn't uh eat any food without literally being physically sick like I was I was really not well with that at the same time as having this hormone thing yeah and I went to the doctor about it and she literally told me that I was point blank lying and said I must have been eating cake in my sleep um I was like okay that's not what's happening because I was like I don't think you understand like I can't eat anything like I'm so sick all the time she's like well that just isn't true though is it and I'm like but it is (laughs) so um I went to see a uh endocrinologist Mm -hmm. is that what they're called a hormone doctor Mm um and they ran lots of tests on me and I had I basically was put on HRT essentially to balance the hormones out. So I used to take hormones every day in the form of a cream mm-hmm. through my whole uni uni life, basically. Yeah. And up until when I first moved to London, I was still taking them. But I had to then come off. There was this, yeah, it's a lot. PCOS is a really odd thing because I've been doing a lot more research on it recently, actually. Um. And I never realized that there's like four different types of PCOS and it can change throughout your life. And I definitely had one type and I now have a very different type. (laughs) I've I've heard that it very much affects different people in different ways as well. Yeah. Like I know people with PCOS that have trouble gaining weight and I know people with PCOS that have trouble losing weight. Yeah. And it's all to do with insulin Mm. and stuff like that. Because now I don't have the same problems. I don't have the same symptoms that I used to at all. Um, Like, to be honest, day to day, it doesn't really, touch wood, doesn't really, like, affect me whatsoever. Like, I don't really think about my PCOS. When I have a scan, I see it. But apart from that, it doesn't, like, affect me in the same way that it used to affect me in terms of, like, all the physical symptoms that were making me feel really gross and everything yeah um so yeah I took HRT to balance that out and then um it kind of came to a point where I didn't need that anymore because clearly the type of PCOS that I had was not the same Mm -hmm. don't ask me how that happened but that's what happened and I came off of it um and then uh yeah, so I'm trying to think like timeline wise and mm. where we're at here. But essentially, <clears throat> at the end of uni, when you you were take you were using the HRT cream, at what point did you swap from the cream to the tablets? Because when I knew you, you were on the tablets. I was on tablets, yeah, I remember those. I was only on tablets quite briefly. Mm. Um because my uh my doctor so my endocrinologist at the time this is like a whole other thing that is a bit of a drama but basically I shouldn't have been on HRT for as long as I had been and I went I ended up getting a different endocrinologist because 
the one who I had been seeing, mm. it kind of came out that it wasn't completely um how do I I don't know how to say this in like a good way but basically mm. it kind of came out that she might not be have been as knowledgeable as she actually was like as she Your portrayed doctor. to be yeah about whatever she was talking about and um I was really struggling with so I was put on um I was really struggling at the time with mental health issues. Mm. This is a whole other ball game, but basically they probably are all linked to be perfectly honest. Um, and I went to her because um, I was really struggling with that. And mm. she put me on a tablet um, instead of a topical like cream that's made for you, basically, because you can have HRT that's like made for you personally mm-hmm. or you can have just like a form of that hormone that you can just get given like as a prescription mm-hmm. um and so she swapped me to that she was like oh this is a great tablet like maybe swap to this one and it made me like I was already struggling at the time but it made me properly depressed Mm. like I like I literally called it like the death tablet for like I cannot my it's actually a funny story because my mum started taking it now and I was like oh my god I can't believe you're on that but it doesn't affect her at all she doesn't like she doesn't feel like it does but I would take it and 20 minutes after I take it I would literally feel like I'd literally been weighed under by like a black concrete slab basically Mm. and I was like this is horrific um so I went to her and I basically told her what I was feeling because obviously she's they ask you about this like you go and I had this uh, for some reason there was this other woman who was sat in on my appointment and they basically started being really rude and really offensive and started laughing at the fact that I was essentially suicidal from this tablet. Mm. This is getting very deep, everybody, but anyway. No, but it's um, honest. I feel like this is a really honest account of what it what women actually go through to balance our hormones. Yeah. Like, I don't think people really realise how your hormones can affect every single part of your body and your mental health and your physical health and... Yeah. what we have to go through to either find the right contraceptive or find the right balance <clears throat> with your hormones or you have to go through all this kind of trial before you even hit yeah. maybe something that works and yeah. sometimes you don't you don't even find it what works yeah but yeah so sorry you're in the appointment um so yeah they I was in this appointment and I was trying to be really honest but at that point I had literally not been able to speak to many people about it I was experiencing something called uh, PMDD which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder which would literally make me psychotic mm. and I would have like these I can only describe it as being like an out of body experience where I was not in control of my emotions my head my actions like nothing like I was just on a completely different planet basically Mm. um and it was very dangerous and it was very scary and I was a danger to myself and to other people and um 
it was like on top of me already struggling mentally mm. from a load of other different things that were going and this on in was, my life at the time. This was recently after you moved to London as well. No. No. This was this was my last year of uni. Okay. So yeah. my master's You're year uni. of uni. Um and it all yeah, this was all kind of going on at the same time. Yeah. Um so yeah and I tried to be quite honest about it and she was like well what do you mean you're depressed like how do you feel how is this what is this so I tried to explain in quite a lot of detail like what exactly what it was doing and exactly Mm. how I was feeling and she literally she just laughed basically and um yeah I won't go into like the full de- details of that conversation, but basically mm. she just laughed and found it really funny. And um, I was like, I could never see this woman ever again, basically. Yeah. So I... That's so incredibly um, unprofessional and yeah, disrespectful. To, and that's the thing, even <laughs> if she's not a doctor, for someone to be opening up about their mental health and like saying how they actually feel about something and you just sit there and laugh and act like Yeah, it's... with a stranger woman, by the way, who yeah. was sitting in on my appointment that I'd never seen before in my life. Yeah. And yeah, she just started laughing and it's thought it was really funny. So, um, <laughs> so then after that, I found a new endocrinologist um, and she's great. <laughs> and she basically, I literally like cried to her in my first ever appointment because I was so worried that I if I came off of these oh by this point I was now on a lozenge because I said I wasn't getting on with this it's a whole other thing basically basically I was stressing out at this woman because I'd been on HRT for so long that I was like oh my god if I stop taking this am I gonna suddenly lose all my hair am I gonna suddenly mm. literally gain about five dress sizes like what's gonna happen to me if I come off of this thing and she was like nothing is going to happen to you if you come off of this she was mm. like you're this is not curing your PCOS this is a whole other ball game like mm. this is that balanced out whatever hormone imbalance you had at the time. You do not have that now. Yeah. Um, and there's medication that um, you can, obviously PCOS is classed as a chronic condition and there is yeah. no cure for it. However, there are medications that some people recommend in terms of like insulin resistance or like, because it's all to do with glucose and insulin and how your body don't ask me the science because I, I don't fully understand it, but it's something to do with that. Yeah, please go to your doctor <laughs> if you need any <clears throat> medical advice. <laughs> yeah. So um, there is like forms of diabetes medication that you can sometimes be on. And I was on that for a really long time mm-hmm. and that worked for me really well. Didn't really, yeah, just that was fine, really. Um, and then, yeah, that was kind of it in terms of my PCOS story for a while because I was just kind of constant on just taking my tablets like was doing that for years yeah um my stomach issues (laughs) were just an ongoing problem um I would have episodes basically where there would be something I would have a kind of like a flare-up of something um and it was never really it would kind of decide to be loads of different symptoms so as I said like it kind of affected every single bit of the system 
So then I started going through a period where my stomach refused to digest any food. So I couldn't eat any food. Mm. Um, I would have to be really careful about what times that I ate food. Because if I ate food like at dinner time and went to bed, then it would not digest at all. Yeah. Um, So again, I really like wasn't very well. Like I couldn't absorb any food. I couldn't digest any food. I couldn't really do a lot with food, to be honest. And if your body Um, wasn't digesting it, would it just come straight back up? Yeah. Um, So I would like eat something and then like a day later it would come up as solid food. Mm which is obviously not normal. No. Um, yeah, I had a load of other investigations for that. They were like, we don't know why this is happening, but clearly something's wrong with it. Like, we don't know. Um, yeah, we don't know why this is happening to you, basically. There's no, like, um, obvious disease. There's no obvious, like, thing going on, but you can see that it's really inflamed and you can see that it's not, doesn't, it's, there's clearly something wrong with it, but we don't know what. Yeah. Um, and I would, it was getting to the point where like, I'd been going over this for so many years where I would go through all of these investigations and all of this trauma to my body and all of these really invasive Mm. tests and things. Um, and it would never come back with anything. I did get diagnosed with SIBO, which is a bacteria overgrowth in your small intestines, which explained why my small intestines were kicking off yeah and that was the only thing that I was that a temporary thing Mm. or is that a permanent thing um it's a really weird one so I it's quite a stubborn bacteria like it can come back but it was like a temporary I managed to treat it it took me four months to get rid of it okay um, and I basically had to eat like a very, very, very strict diet and take like 12 tablets a day to kill yeah. it. Mm. And then that obviously improved my health a lot. Um, and then my stomach decided to start getting angry. Yeah. So it was kind of like every, I was just kept, like, re- yeah, I would just reach hurdles You'd all the time. You'd fix one part and the other part would break would, down yeah almost. stop working yeah um so I yeah had more investigations had no idea what was going on there and then that kind of calmed down actually for for a bit like it would kind of I would have periods where it would be really bad and other times where it would be like manageable mm. and then I think it was the time where you ended up taking me to hospital mm where it got to the point where I was like, this is ridiculous because... This was July 2021. Yeah. So I had been out for dinner with my friend from uni and um, I'd come back from the dinner. I didn't really have any issues with the dinner. It was great. Like <laughs> That bit was fine. I'd been to work the next day. Did you feel sick that night after? I no, not at all. Um, yeah, so the night, because when we went to the hospital, that was before, like, that. sorry, that was after, like, hours and hours and hours of you feeling unwell. So when did you start so to feel unwell after the dinner? I remember that I had finished work the following day and I was parking, so... I used to have a company car at my old job and I finished parking the car 
and I started getting like stomach pains and it wasn't necessarily like anything that I hadn't experienced before at that point mm. and I was like oh like maybe I'm just hungry because sometimes I'll be like oh I've not really eaten too much today because I've been really busy so yeah, maybe I'm yeah. just hungry and Hunger I need pains. to eat something yeah um and I walked home from where I'd parked the car which is literally like seven minutes mm. and I managed to get up the stairs into my room and then all of a sudden it went I think it was literally in the space of like 10 minutes mm. I was like I can't move from yeah. the floor and I think I called did I call you or something I think I called you you didn't call me until after you had made rice <gasps> I remember this, right, basically what I happened found is on the I stairs. came in and I instantly put some rice on. Yeah. Because I thought I was hungry. Yeah. Went upstairs. Did I make, did you, I think you finished making the rice for me because I remember you brought it up to me in a bowl. Yeah, and tried to maybe. Make you eat it. Yeah. I tried, I was boiling the kettle for some rice. I remember I literally went in, boiled the kettle mm. to make some rice, went upstairs and I found I you on the stairs because you couldn't get to your bedroom I don't know if like at some point oh, you got God. to your bedroom I remember I remember the first time I saw you that evening was on the stairs on the ground and you couldn't move so I bought the rice to you thinking like maybe if you eat something it might help I couldn't remember if you found me in my room on the floor or if I was on the stairs on the stairs I like distinctly remember you being on the stairs Essentially, what happened was, is that I started experiencing the worst pain that I have ever experienced in my entire life. Like, I'm quite good with pain. I've had 10 years of dealing with stomach pain. I'm pretty Mm. good with it. This was literally a 15 out of 10 on the pain scale. I thought I was dying. Mm. Like, I'm not being dramatic. Like, I literally couldn't breathe. Mm. I was, I I mean, you saw me. It Mm. was pretty horrific. I was like, I I either couldn't breathe properly or I was like screaming throwing (laughs) the house down in pain it was so bad that I I'm still terrified of ever getting into that situation ever again Mm. it was like if you weren't there I don't actually know what I'd have done because I couldn't you couldn't speak I I, yeah that's the thing uh I don't know if this is jumping too far ahead but I called 999 because you couldn't speak and she's like can you ask her this? And I'm like, she's not responding. Like she can't speak yeah. to me. I was like, she's just making noises, like, like, like animal noises. Like she's in <laughs> so much pain. What it, I was, yeah, it literally I was, sounded though. like a wounded horse. <laughs> it's literally you just sounded like a like a dying animal. Essentially, it was awful. Like you couldn't form words. And she's like. Yeah, she's like, is she breathing? Da, 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 da. And she's like, I, I, she's like, I'm not going to send an ambulance. And I was like, I can't remember how, I can't remember why. The reason why, so I've had this before, because obviously I've had ambulance called on me since. And it's because if someone's with you who mm. is conscious and able and can can take you somewhere and they don't yeah. have to t- send you an ambulance, yeah. they will always try that route first. It's if no one's available and it's, you're like on your own, then obviously they'll send one or they'll mm. prioritize sending one but you were very much on the phone yeah could was speaking to them for me like yeah, yeah. so I think maybe that's why maybe. but I wish that they had because 
I, if when you said like we've got to get to this, I was I was like, there is absolutely no way that I'm yeah. going to be able to get to the hospital like this because I, I was throwing up like black sludge essentially, mm-hmm. and you went to bless well, you. The thing you said about like your stomach not digesting food and like it was just it would just come back up. Sorry if anyone doesn't yeah, like sick sorry, talk. This but is gross. I feel like it's important. Um, yeah, like essentially when you were sick, it would just be exactly what you ate the night before yeah, or like whatever. Yeah, like fully solid like, food. Like yeah, you yeah. could tell exactly what I'd been eating. No, basically. absolutely. But with like, it was just, it was just all black. <laughs> and I was like, what is going on? Yeah. It was really, really, really bad. And it like... It stank as well. It was like, so- <laughs> if anyone really... It was so bad. <laughs> we it, love about it now but my christ is. it was that's horrific. the thing i think that's what made me so worried like the black color <laughs> the smell. and the smell i was like i have never like it was so like that bad <laughs> i had to go and keep washing the bucket out as well yeah i had to keep because like, obviously i couldn't do it so I, you had to hold the bucket she had to hold me i held the bucket like... i held lily and then i would every now and again have to like if it got too much I'd have to like go and empty into the toilet rinse it out take it back but yeah no, and was... also she took me to hospital and oh, I yeah. was sent to A&E we did an uber we had to get an uber mm. god knows yeah um sent to A&E and then I basically they just put it down as uh gastroenteritis so it was essentially like where there's an infect it's an like an infection in your mm. bowel and they don't know why it's basically a word they give to everything that they can't really explain what the problem is when it's not Crohn's and it's not colitis or it's gastroenteritis because mm. it's more than food poisoning generic but we don't actually know what it use. is it's a very generic thing yeah. yeah um so that was what they had it down as and they were like you've that's what it is mm. um because in a and e you can't they don't do the, all the, the diagnostic things that like gastroenterologists can do they obviously can't do the cameras they can't do yeah they should have scanned me i found this out later on that they should have done a scan mm. to figure out what exactly was going wrong um but obviously <laughs> sometimes they don't do that and they just try and in my case they just tried to stop me being sick and tried to monitor the pain um as best as they could at the time mm. um they just they essentially just managed the symptoms you have yeah rather than doing trying to find out what was actually going on yeah yeah like detailed investigation um so i left there and i basically was like i cannot cannot put myself in a situation where that happens to me again because it Mm. was so so awful like beyond the scale of anything else that I'd ever experienced in terms of my stomach problems which is a lot (laughs) and I was like I'm not I'm not I can't do that again like I have to find out once and for all what is wrong with me like Mm -hmm. I can't I can't live like this anymore so I went um and had some more investigations from a different gastroenterologist. Um, and I basically kind of started it off because I said, like, I my stomach doesn't digest things. This is what I experienced. 
and he was like right okay straight away we'll get a camera down there we'll take some um biopsies we'll have a look and see what's going on we did all of that and then it was like um we can see that it's really inflamed we can see that it's got all the whatever I don't know we can see that you're experiencing all these problems but there Mm. is no obvious reason as to why it's doing this like there's no we've taken a biopsy we've had a look in there like there's no reason for it to look like this basically yeah um so I was kind of like um I guess like knocked down again so it's like a constant <laughs> struggle <laughs> like why can't why can no one give me an answer yeah. like there is something wrong with me and no one can give me and it's any answers it's hard because it's something that's seriously wrong it's like something that is literally sending you to hospital and they can't yeah they find can't the cause of it yeah yeah so ridiculous um and then there was a bit of a gap I feel like in between mm-hmm. I feel like you had a good stint at some I had point. a good stint for a while after that where like I was okay like it calmed down and I was okay mm. um and I had during this point a few symptoms that I guess but I didn't realize at the time would have been like the first signs mm. of it being something more than what I thought it was basically stepping back through the kind of PCOS timeline Mm -hmm. and the kind of intestinal issues timeline is there anything like out of each of those that you would pick out now in high obviously on hindsight yeah that you'd be like okay this is possibly a sign or symptom of endo endometriosis yeah so I guess what's really odd is that PCOS has a lot of symptoms anyway that are just kind of like given things like irregular periods like I would have months I think my longest stint without a period was like 10 months okay and then I would get loads of bleeding for like four months and then it would stop again and then it would do the same thing or I would like spot consistently for like five months and then it would just stop Mm. and then um I would experience not excruciating pain, but I would get pain during sex. Mm. Um, but I just assumed during and after, or just during, during and after. And after. But I just assumed that that was from scar. So I had um, pelvic inflammatory disease at some point on this timeline when I first yeah. moved to London. Basically, it was very soon after I first moved to London. I had a really severe case of. PID from a coil being put in wrong <laughs> and it got infected um absolutely no fault of my own I did not have an STI I just want to clarify mm. that they put this coil in really dodgy and um yeah it caused a huge infection in my pelvis Do you guys hear a running theme of just incompetent medical professionals like, I love <laughs> I have to say I love the NHS and I love doctors and nurses and they do an incredible job but I it is shocking the amount of just incompetent people that you have 
encountered along this whole journey. I also think that for some reason, whether it's due to endometriosis or due to just not like stomach things or whatever it is, like my immune system is shocking at mm. fighting off infections. Like if if there's a chance for me to get an infection, it will happily take it. Like yeah. I've been I've had so many just really, really unlucky scenarios yeah. where I have ended up catching things that I should not have caught. Like, yeah, and my body yeah. should have been able to be like, no, you don't need that. But yeah. it can't, it can't do it. Like at one, like my my gastroenterologist actually did think, like did think at one point that I had an autoimmune disease because it was mm. like, you just keep catching things like yeah. all the time. And it was like, why do you keep getting this? I was like, I don't, I don't know, but I do. You tell me. Um, yeah, literally. Yeah. So, so when you had PAD, why, why did that affect things? Like what? I um, was left with scar tissue from that yeah. basically. And the pain the pain started following that stint basically and I just assumed that it was just pain from the scar tissue that's basically all I thought that it was um because it wasn't you hear of some people and they're like my pain during sex is so bad that I black out or like Mm. their endometriosis pain is so excruciating that they literally can't have sex like it's so bad mine was not that bad it was like I just get pain in certain positions um and some days it would be okay and other days it wasn't like some days it would be painful all the time and other Mm -hmm. days it was just painful in certain positions but I would always get like pain and like pressure after I'd had sex that was Mm. quite like not comfortable like yeah wasn't, wasn't pleasant and I would blow up like like a balloon yeah yeah um And then I guess the other thing that was kind of, I don't want to say red flag, pardon the pun, basically like I started experiencing really abnormal bleeding and it wasn't like a regular bleeding. It was Mm. like hemorrhaging bleeding. Like I called 111 and they literally called me an ambulance because I lost like two mugfuls of blood Mm. in literally like less than an hour and um that was was really weird like and it just happened like all of a sudden like I I hadn't had a period for months and then all of a sudden I literally was just and there was like a pool of it on the floor that Mm. I had it was just madness and I had um I had two pairs of period pants on yeah and like those fully absorbent period pants and one of those maxi night pads it bled through it in like literally five minutes it was wild and that happened to me I think three times I want to say that I experienced like bleeding like that yeah yeah um I don't know necessarily if that is a typical symptom of endometriosis but what I've learned with endometriosis is that because everyone's symptoms are so different and can Mm. be so different that's why it takes so long for people to get a diagnosis because Mm. everyone I speak to about it has completely different symptoms and my gynecologist was like "Mm, that's not like I wouldn't necessarily say that that is one yeah but clearly like you were experiencing it so maybe it is or Maybe. maybe that was part of your PCOS or maybe it was something else but basically yeah that was one of the other things that I would say like this isn't quite 
normal. Like this no, is I, I've never heard to. of anyone ever going through that. Like that is, that yeah, is crazy. It was really weird. Um, and then I went and had some more, some more investigations for like gastro issues. Um, because <laughs> this is really disgusting. But basically. I was really struggling in terms of being constipated all the time. I'm mm. going to laugh because you've got to laugh about these things. But I mean, like, by constipation, I mean that I wouldn't go to the toilet for, like, up to a month. Mm. Um, And I went back to the gastroenterologist I'd seen previously, and I was like, there is something really, like, why why is this happening? Like, I don't, why can I not? He was quite shocked, wasn't he, when you said, like, oh, I guess about a month and he was like what yeah like that that's beyond normal yeah really bad um and then he basically said that he thought because I'd had a scan I'd had a load I've had CT scans MRI scans x-ray I've had them all and he was looking at a previous CT scan that I'd had when I went in after the initial like hospital visit Mm. And he could see that there was a scent, basically a sign that my intestine had twisted at the mm. bottom. And he was like, I think that that pain that you experienced was your intestine twisting. Yeah. At the bottom, which is why, might explain why you're not going to the toilet. Yeah. Like a normal person. And he explained that like, some people do get this thing where it can twist and untwist on its own. Mm. Um, How long did he say he thought that it had been twisted for? Since the, he thought that my start. that time that I'd been throwing up black stuff yeah, and yeah. in that pain was when it had twisted around. God. Yeah. So <laughs> we don't know because we can't confirm based on the scan alone because they did another CT scan at the time that I went to see him like the second time and that one didn't show signs at that point of a twist Mm. but he was like your intestine when it is under so much strain can twist and untwist on its own Mm. so he suspected that that I'd that that had happened in my case basically and that it had twisted and untwisted um and basically what we ruled from this is that my digestive system I now take medication every day because my none of my digestive system muscles work so they're kind of like fused for want of a better word basically they don't contract they don't move they don't do what they're supposed to do Mm -hmm. so I take a tablet that overrides my normal body's system every day that makes those muscles contract yeah um so that I can basically be a normal person and it has massively helped but I was really scared to take them because it's they were they're quite a big drug to be put on when you're 25 mm-hmm. whatever but yeah was I 25 or 26 I don't know I was 25 at the time yeah. when I was yeah. given them but he basically said to me that if I don't start taking these tablets that I would end up in a really serious situation where 
I have life-saving surgery and end up with a colostomy bag. Yeah. And that was basically my alternative. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to take the tablet route. <laughs> yeah, I, I um, don't think anyone would, to be honest. So that's what I started doing. So- and that was, and I asked him, that was mm-hmm. when... I got to the end of that that like appoint that appointment where he was like, "This is what you need to do," mm-hmm. and this was when I first brought up to a doctor my thought of is it endometriosis mm-hmm. because what were the symptoms along? Because obviously with PCOS, you know the irregular periods, sometimes no period at all, and then like kind of weird bleeding in between. Yeah from my very basic knowledge is is quite goes quite hand in hand with PCOS and endo yeah with your kind of gastro problems and your like um digestive problems sorry Mm -hmm. what yeah I guess what did you pick out of those experience to experiences to then go to your gastroenterologist and say I think it might be or do you think it is endo so I mean, you saw this, but basically like my, I had a side, the left side Mm. of my stomach at the bottom that literally popped out. Do you remember Mm -hmm. this? And it literally looked like an alien was growing in there. And it was like a hard, it was, it was like not normal. Like it was like, there was something growing in there (laughs) that is not supposed to be there. And like, we... I was trying to figure out for the life of me, like, what on earth is this? Like, why is it not showing? Like, what is it? Like, yeah. why is it? Why does it look like that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember you showing me because we had the conversation about it and you were showing it to me. And I said, God, this sounds so similar to yeah. Josie's experience. So Josie um, Fear, she's a uh, kind of, content creative influencer whichever word you want to Mm -hmm. use um and I remember I she'd shared a little bit about it I think on Instagram and I believe it was on her Instagram story she was kind of explaining her symptoms she said there was like part of her like lower stomach that would stick out a bit and it would cause a lot of pain and they thought it was like her actual um digestive system that was causing it or maybe like a hernia or something yeah and obviously they they did like keyhole surgery to work out what it was and it ended up ended up being endometriosis and I told you about that so I was like yeah because I remember that you said that the whole journey of her was so long and like so like no one could figure out what was going on and I think that's quite a common experience that yeah it takes ages um and I was like that's really weird and then my dad really randomly Mm. watched so I had a phone call from them and my mum and dad, and they were like, we've just watched this program on channel, I think it was on channel four, maybe it wasn't on channel four. Mm. And it was basically where they were doing this cutting edge scan that was like a 3D printer type of thing. And mm. they would do a full body scan on these people to figure out exactly what was wrong with them. And they could like 
they would literally put it out on like a it's really hard to explain but they would like build a model of their yeah. body and it would like show them it. like exactly yeah, yeah like life size like no like an actual like model yeah of it and this one girl had had similar symptoms to me her whole life but like on a much bigger scale yeah um and it came out that she had endometriosis and my dad called me up and he was like have you ever heard of this and I was like yeah I have but I really don't think it's that like mm. I think I would know if it was that like I just just my symptoms don't add up because all I'd heard is severe pain with your periods mm. like you could not have sex for the life of you because you were like blacking out like mm. this is what that was all I'd heard about it and I was like I don't think that's it but then after the phone call, I was like, I just have a weird feeling about it. Like I just had a really weird feeling. And then I spoke to you about it more. And I was like, I actually think there could be something to this, basically. Mm. So I went to when I had this appointment with my gastroenterologist, I said, like, I've heard that people can have endometriosis and it affects their bowels like this and it can attach itself to the to the bowel wall or whatever and I was like do you think that there's any possibility that this is what it is Mm. and he basically gave me like a very like boring answer and was kind of like I don't think it is but like I'm not a a gynecologist I don't really know about it but I don't think so like Mm. but you could look into it um, and I'd obviously just been through another whole year, pretty much, of investigations, tests, everything else. That had come back with everything. Everything that had come so back much. with nothing. Had I had my tropical diseases at that point as well? I can't even remember. But oh, God. Honestly, I I'd basically been con- constantly ill for like a yeah. whole year. Um, And I was like, I can't, like, somebody has to. I was so desperate Mm. for someone to give me any form of diagnosis. Like, I did not care what it was. I was like, just someone has to tell me that, like, there's something, there's a physical thing that they can be like, this is what's wrong with you. Like, I was just so desperate Mm. to know that I was like, I'm going to just, I had to take a break for my own well-being because it's, like, a lot when you keep going to doctors Mm. all the time. Um. But I was like, I have to just, I I have to just find out. So I took, I think I literally had like two months where I was like, I can't be bothered. I just Mm. need to. And then I started again because it's like a whole, I'm I'm such a huge person for like constantly advocating for yourself when you know that there's something wrong with you because doctors, they're fantastic, but sometimes they are not the most helpful of people Mm -hmm. and you really, really have to fight for they're not very you proactive is not right yeah and I have been doing this for a really long time yeah <laughs> and it's like it's exhausting basically but you just have to when you know that there's something wrong with you you have to keep doing it yeah because you can't ignore these things I was like I'm not letting myself end up in hospital again and they do all of these things and I end up being like having a major freak out and I can't cope anymore like I'm not letting I'm just not doing it again yeah I went to a gynecologist um and I kind of went into the appointment like I really really did not actually expect him to say what he said basically Mm. um I sat down I had to do like the short version of all of my (laughs) 
all of my problems over the last 10 years. When um, was this? Just to kind of give a bit of a... Oh, God. Another, another kind of time like stamp. My first appointment with him... Was it May? I, I feel like May this year rings a bell. Let me have a look. Yeah, it must have been some something around... Uh, actually... I think I went no I think I went in July oh that was quite recent yeah I think I I had a break from May to Mm. July Um, yeah because you were in and out of hospital because of the yeah yeah I think I had a break yeah um and then yeah so I went to see them in July um and I just yeah ran through basically all of my symptoms and stuff so I included everything from um my bleeding the pain that I would have during sex the fact that I'd had PID and had scar Mm. tissue um all of my stomach problems uh literally just yeah listed everything basically um and so he was like okay let's do a physical exam um because I think like with endometriosis, there's a few stages. So like the first one is like the physical exam. Obviously, he's a gynecologist, so they're going to look up there anyway. Mm. So he did all of that. Um, And then we finished the physical exam. And then he sat me down and he was like, okay, so I think that you have something called endometriosis. And he just said that like out of the blue. And I was like, Mm. okay. because he could feel certain things that signaled towards that because you can't diagnose it until you've done the laparoscopy laparoscopy basically like keyhole surgery but laparoscopy. yeah mm. Lap- i don't know how we're saying it laparoscopy? Laparoscopy. you guys know anyway laparoscopy 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 it might be that you guys anyway (laughs) basically he had a big feel around up my vagina and um he could feel that there was a lot of thickness on one side of my uterus Mm -hmm. um which is a sign of endometriosis because it's essentially where your uterus lining has grown out of your uterus and is stuck to certain things (laughs) so it feels a lot thicker and yeah you like you can apparently feel it up there I don't know um so he said that that's what he thought that I had um and then which is wild I feel like when we first started discussing it towards the start of this year it was kind of a well maybe but like a long shot yeah it was like kind of no way could be that no they would have found it by now yeah kind of thing it's like nah because I'm not being like guys when I tell you that I've had over 10 CT scans in the last three years that's what I understand I've had MRIs I've had contrast ones I've had Mm. honestly the amount of scans that I have had in my body is a joke in the last like two years alone yeah and I was like how can it have possibly not shown up on a scan but then that is the thing with endometriosis unless it's well even in really severe cases Mm. it doesn't sometimes doesn't show up on a scan yeah um so crazy yeah I mean mine didn't show up on my scan that I had after this (laughs) so yeah he said that that's what he thought that I had explained all like all about it and kind of what it was um and then said that judging from what I've experienced 
um, he would have reason to believe that there is endometriosis somewhere around my bowels or like around my intestines or stuck Mm -hmm. somewhere around there that it shouldn't be just based on like what I've said yes obviously they can't confirm this but based on what I've said um and he was like there's kind of the only way that we can diagnose it is through keyhole surgery Mm -hmm. because it doesn't really show up it doesn't show up really or it cannot show up at all yeah um I've heard this before like I've I feel like I've heard of other people's experiences and they do say you can't get a f- official diagnosis until you've had this procedure right yeah so um I had another scan again <laughs> mm-hmm. to basically see they do one because it can help if you have really severe endometriosis sometimes deep tissue endometriosis will show up on a scan but like mild to like normal level Mm. there's multiple levels of endometriosis usually don't um but even if it is deep tissue sometimes it doesn't show up um but they do that to kind of give them an idea because if they can see something they're like that's really bad Mm. (laughs) or they're like okay we don't know until we're gonna do the surgery basically um and I also met with a colorectal surgeon because I had two surgeons in on my surgery um because of all of my previous gastro issues that my gynecologist was like we I want the surgeon that I work with who does colorectal and that whole mm. thing to basically be with me so you need to go and meet with him and explain because all of, of your... like because you've already had like a twisted bowel and like all many, potential like, yeah potential, potential twisted, bowel, twisted bowel, like... bowel all of these things um but and he was like to be there I want him to be the, the there so that we can do a full basically so they can both have a look at mm. everything so they could go uh I had a yeah I had a few things we'll get into the whole thing but basically it was so that they could have someone there who understood that bit Mm. and he was obviously there understanding the endometriosis side of things and they could both see exactly what was going on and where it was and where it was stuck to and if everything looked normal and if it didn't look normal basically yeah um I'm glad he did that I feel like he was so I have to say like he was fantastic like at one point yeah he was great I had like, do you want to no. say who it is because I mean to be honest people that live in the UK right now might be like give me his name because yeah. I am going through the exact same thing so I'm very fortunate in the fact that I um get Bupa health, health insurance for things like this I mean I don't know if I do now because I don't cover chronic conditions but anyway mm. <laughs> but I did have this to cover my surgery um so that was fantastic so I did go private for this Mm. um and his name is Dr Raza and he's based in London and he literally was fantastic like I would recommend him to literally every single person if you think you have endometriosis or have Mm. suffered with endometriosis or or whatever or any gynecological gynecological Mm -hmm. issue he was incredible um Yeah. yeah And he was like so on the ball, like he was just like, yeah, we're going to help you. We're going to figure out what this is. Like Mm. we're going to do it 
and we're gonna get everyone in I'm gonna bring everyone in and everyone's gonna have a look like don't don't panic that you're gonna have this surgery and still come out like not knowing yeah because I'm gonna get every single person that needs to be in that room in the room basically mm-hmm. yeah um so mm-hmm. that was great <laughs> and then uh yeah so I was booked in for my I think what I was technically booked in for was diagnostic laparoscopy um, and an excision of uh, pelvic and bowel endometriosis. Mm -hmm. And I also had uh, another diagnostic camera down into my stomach and up the other way. Mm -hmm. And I also had some surgery on like the lower bit of your like bowel and that mm, whole region colorectal, colorectal kind of surgery, area yeah. um yeah so I had a lot going on mm. <laughs> on that surgery day um yeah it was like it was kind of crazy because I've obviously been through this for so long and no one has ever been like okay let's do a surgery on you like I had somehow managed to skip (laughs) the whole thing of ever having surgery Mm. for anything um and it was very like god like I might actually find out what's wrong with me like the Mm. first time ever in my whole life like (laughs) this is actually crazy yeah um and it was kind of like overwhelming because I knew that I was having like five different things in one operation and I was like oh god like this is crazy yeah it's almost gone from you essentially pushing this massive boulder up a hill on your own kind of finding the doctors to get it up there yeah to them like all grabbing it and running with it and you're like oh my god okay well it was like I got to the top what of the hill is going and on? I was just pushed off the end like, yeah. that's literally what it was like and they were I was just like in... we are rolling with it and, and then uh, just yeah. went for it and it was like good. it was so overwhelming because I'd been I'd been pushing and waiting for so long for some hope that somebody might find out what's actually wrong with me mm. sounds really sad <laughs> depressing but basically like it was a huge deal mm. for me. Like it was a massive day. So I had my surgery on the 27th of September. Mm-hmm. Um, just gone. 2022. Mm-hmm. It's the future me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I went to my... So I had to get this so early. I had to like do this weird diet for like four days before. I could only eat cheese and white bread and egg. Um, and I wasn't allowed to eat for like two days before my surgery. So I turned, I literally looked grey when I arrived yeah. at the hospital. It was pretty gross. Um, yeah, and I had crazy. my surgery. Have I missed anything out? I don't think so. I don't think I'm trying so. trying to think. I don't think yeah. I have. Um, I think I it... don't think I've missed anything out. Basically, yeah, I, was, I had my surgery. Um And it was kind of like the weird thing about endometriosis surgery is that because they have no idea until they open you up or look inside you what surgery they're actually going to be doing, Mm. you kind of have to go in like not blind, but also like 
it is really nerve wracking because mm. you're like I could wake up from this and they could be like all of your organs are stuck together and you're like right <laughs> mm. or they try to so with my with my surgeons it was like if there's anything the aim of the surgery is to remove as much endometriosis tissue as we possibly can if there's a situation where it's like more dangerous to you to remove it or Mm. it's or it becomes evident that like we need to remove a whole portion of your bowel or yeah, like so it would be when you'd be left with a bag or like a mm. life altering situation we will try to not do it in the first surgery because they prefer to consult you over those things rather yeah. than you think you're going in for a diagnostic procedure and you wake up with a stoma bag like mm. they don't want to do that do no, you? Of course. um but you kind of have to also be accept that that might be a reality mm-hmm. because if they do do that and they're like, we can't possibly bring you back round because it's da- like, that's dangerous to leave you like that. Mm. You kind of have to be like, okay. Like so I'm when, just you, gonna put... when you woke up, you were like, I don't, I have no idea what they've done to my body. Yeah. Like I knew, I knew that my, with my, like, because they obviously speak to you before. So both my surgeons visited me before my surgery, actually, like on the morning of my surgery. And they were like, we don't think we're going to be out here doing like a life altering like situation. Like we think we're going to be fine, Mm. (laughs) but we obviously have to run through all the things with you and all of that. But they were like, we don't think so. I was kind of from that front. I was like, I know that I'm not going to wake up with that. Like I, I know that, but I was like, I also have no idea how bad it's going to be. Like, Mm. how do I know? Like, you just don't know basically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I had my surgery and it's just keyhole surgery. So I have three Incisions. ports, yeah. <laughs> ports of entry. Um, it's actually really fascinating because it's all done with, with robots, Yeah, which is like actually wild. So my surgeon was explaining to me how he does it. And he basically said that like he sits somewhere else in the room and puts his his hand through these like little glove things and they control the robot how mad is that so I literally had a robot like doing it all the surgery because it's way more accurate and obviously it's keyhole so it has to be really small and stuff but yeah so I have one in my belly button and then two like other end yeah Yeah, the other end but like on my stomach like yeah tummy basically um and then yeah so I turns out that it was like a really like bittersweet moment when I came round because I finally had like a diagnosis for something Mm. but then on the other side it was like a diagnosis for something that's attached to something that still doesn't work if that makes sense so when you when you woke up what did they say to you so that happened during the surgery yeah so I came round and then um he told me that the operation had been a success that they had found uh they had removed all of the visible endometriosis in there that they could see so I had endometriosis basically on the weirdly not on the left side it was on the right side even though typically it's always the left side that's weird yeah but it was on the right side behind my uterus in between my u- the uterus and the bowel wall mm-hmm. and they managed to remove all of it 
which is fantastic. Mm. <laughs> um, unfortunately, my digestive system generally, like he basically said, like we removed it from something that does not function anyway. Like mm. that we, you can see that from looking at it, like your muscle walls don't work. You know this, like you're on medication for this, but like to reiterate, we don't, we don't necessarily think that the endometriosis is the root cause mm. for all of your bowel problems. However, yeah. we cannot rule out the fact that it might be adding to it. Mm-hmm. So he was, it's basically like, you kind of have to see how it goes. Like if mm. all of this has been taken out and it massively improves my symptoms and my quality of life and like all of that kind of thing, then it's like fantastic. But I, it's also they can see that they're two separate issues that are yes. unfortunately basically in the same place is, yeah, is yeah. kind of what he was trying to say. So he's essentially saying that like the kind of, I don't know, the the symptom, all of the symptoms that you've spoken about that don't relate to your digestion, if they seem to get better, maybe the periods, oh, sorry, the periods of the bleeding or whatever, those he said that it get better. The weird thing is, is like he said that it that could have been what was giving you all of the aggravation. Like that could have been why mm. your bowels were mad because you had endometriosis like in between there. Like you just they can't. But from their perspective, it hadn't infiltrated the wall. It hadn't like it wasn't growing inside any intestines. It wasn't like. It hadn't stuck, but it was sandwiched, basically. Mm. So they kind of said, like, we don't think necessarily that it's, that that's the problem. That's your diagnosis. Like, that's why you've had all these issues your whole, like, Mm. adult teenage life. Yeah, yeah. But... Did it it make it maybe worse? Yeah, did it make it worse? Possibly did that make the symptoms like un- like really difficult for you to live with? Like, mm. is this, this could still make such a huge difference to that. And I kind of have to like, see how it goes. Yeah. Basically. Um, so yeah, that marked the <laughs> diagnosis of my third chronic condition. <laughs> I think an Which important, is, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's important to say that this is, as much as you've gone through this really long, strenuous journey and yeah. you just had surgery to now hopefully improve one of your conditions, hopefully a lot better, it it's still very much the start. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, just because you've oh, had surgery to I remove also endo, had, like, um, I also mm. had a, my coil switched in mm. my surgery so I used to be on a I forgot about that. yeah I had a lot going on yeah. I used to be on a copper coil um which I had to be on for a long period of time because I wasn't allowed to have any extra hormones in my body because mm-hmm. of that hormone thing in the bob mm-hmm. but because it had been recommended well yeah it basically been recommended to me by my now endocrinologist that it can really help with PCOS but I was like god no am I swapping about another coil at the moment like absolutely not not after that whole fiasco um and then obviously it's a really good way of managing your endometriosis and managing the regrowth of endometriosis Mm -hmm. 
and because it because I it had been kind of on the list of things to do for like a year he was like oh we'll just do it like yeah. we'll just swap it out so yeah I also had that which should hopefully help my PCOS and my endometriosis at the same time fingers crossed but yeah it is important to know that endometriosis is a chronic like it it will eventually come back because it's the Mm. nature of your I guess like the lining of your just the tissue regrows basically Mm. um but yeah there are ways of managing it and it's kind of like one of those things where if the symptoms then come back to the point where you're like I need to have surgery again then because a lot of people have multiple surgeries I think I was really fortunate in the sense that they got all of it out yeah in one surgery like it's not usually like that from what I know yeah um so yeah that was really good um it is a shame that that one thing didn't lead to another and they couldn't almost explain and potentially guarantee that it will fix the other issues but but then it could like it's truly like I feel like this surgery as much as you've already been through such a like it marked crazy a lot. journey it marked so much for me yeah. I, I feel like it is kind of the start of a completely new chapter in this do you know what I mean yeah I feel like it, it does feel like like I finally got somewhere mm. with like I think you have a answer yeah I have a answer which might not be the answer but it's a potential answer mm. and I think that I have been told multiple times to be honest from various different specialists that unfortunately they only know like a ridiculously small percentage of all of the things that can go wrong with your digestion and Mm. they've kind of said like we don't know what this is now but we might know what this is in 10 years like yeah which obviously is a bit ridiculous but (laughs) it's a long old time but it's like I've finally got to the point where I I mean, I technically have been diagnosed with a condition for it, but it's not really got a name. It's classed as an idiopathic chronic condition, mm. which basically means that there's something chronically wrong with you, but they don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have PCOS, that, and endometriosis, which, well, I mean, it's, they've got rid of it, but essentially, yeah, like... Quite the cocktail. It's Yeah. So um, I guess, like, I wanted to do a podcast episode on it because I it's something that if I hadn't seen it and heard about it mm. I wouldn't have looked into it at all yeah because I shout out to on shout out to Josie for sharing her story and also shout out to your dad mm-hmm. for and the people that I guess made the show yeah that he watched and like sharing sharing their I can't story what it was called I need to I have to find it but it yeah. had um was it Kate Garraway that that was on? Honestly, I don't know, but yeah, no. um, that's. The, I it was definitely. Really I'm pretty sure it was on Channel Four, but I might be wrong. I think it's really important in these situations where the symptoms could be linked to so many different conditions because it takes, on average, I think seven years from mm. first symptoms to diagnosis of endometriosis. Yeah, but, because it's 
the symptoms can vary so much yeah and can often be so interlinked with other things that it just gets missed and because Mm. it doesn't get picked up on a scan and like all of that kind of thing doesn't show up on like any other test basically it just gets missed until you're like I need to see a special like an like an actual specialist about it yeah and like specifically go for that thing and you wouldn't know unless yeah most of the time unless you'd heard someone else's experience and I think that's why it's so important to spread awareness about about endometriosis and so many other conditions to be honest with you but I think endo is like the special one of its own I think yeah and I've just seen it's so funny because like I don't know if it's because I've been actively looking at more things but since I started looking into it myself I just saw it everywhere Mm -hmm. like it was just popping up like all of these people talking about their endometriosis journey and I was like oh my god like how have I missed this for so long yeah um yeah definitely so yeah um, please keep us updated with any, yeah well I'm really hoping, I mean you're still so in obviously recovery. I'm two so I'm god when was my surgery it's now the 8th of October so my surgery happened less than two weeks ago mm-hmm. um and yeah so it's still very early days like I'm still technically in recovery it did take me honestly like it took me like a solid week before I could function like a human being because fentanyl Mm. is no joke everyone (laughs) like honestly post-surgery I was I was it was horrific it was horrific Mm. actually I basically didn't leave I I had to so obviously you get compression tights when you go into surgery and I had to wear my compression tights for like a full week afterwards because I couldn't war couldn't really do much to be honest it really knocked me for six and then the painkillers that I was on also knocked me for six and it was just there's a whole other I mean I could do a whole other podcast episode on my actual surgery experience mm. <laughs> but with, that's not important right now it's yeah. also a bit gross but yeah um I do feel like already it sounds so sad to say this, but basically for the past like 10 years and particularly like emphasizing in the last two years, mm. I've just, I've really not, I've just never really felt healthy mm. at all. Like I've always felt like I've been in a constant state of being unwell. Yeah. And I now feel like I'm on the other side of that, which is really great because... Mm it would be really nice (laughs) to not feel unhealthy all the Mm. time Um, yeah my hope is that when you recover from this surgery you feel like really good yeah yeah same incredible feel like a new woman obviously time will tell I have to give everyone updated because I feel like it is still like just the start of it now Mm. like I know that it's basically all gone but I feel like it's the start of me I get yeah literally just being well basically Mm. being well and knowing yeah knowing a bit more about yourself I guess yeah about what's going on inside yeah (laughs) in the physical and spiritual sense (laughs) (laughs) yeah just feels like a new chapter for me really it's been Mm. a long long journey like you always have to you really have to fight for yourself in these situations like fight Mm. for your health fight for what you advocate know is wrong with you or right with you or whatever it is like you have to keep going Mm -hmm. 
Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it is difficult. It is really hard, but it's so, it was like my new year's resolution and like my manifestation for this year was to be like, get well, like Mm. get healthy. And yeah, I feel like we're achieving it. I think so. (laughs) I hope that you guys enjoyed that. It was a bit of a really chatty one where it's just me (laughs) chatting about my life. But um, if any of you have any questions about endometriosis or my journey in general, then yeah, please DM us on Instagram. Yeah, we'll link it Um, in the show notes. And yeah. um, Thank you, Lily. We'll see you next week. We won't see you. We'll speak to you next week. Speak to you next week. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye.